Welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. <laughs> <laughs> um, say hi, Grant. Oh, 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 oh. I'm Grant Jacoby. I'm Bailey Bennett, and we are fantastic at introducing ourselves. Yes. Um, we also have a very special <laughs> guest today who has already, I think, been mentioned in every episode. She's our only friend. It's Samantha Shea. Ooh. Hi. <laughs> Actually, she goes by Sammy, but... Would you like to say a few words? Um, I'm just really happy to be here. We're happy to have you We're here. We're so happy. Our first official guest. Um, Although Sammy won't be telling a story today. She's just going to help me be no. a good listener to Grant. Yes. <laughs> um, so we. So this episode is probably coming out a week after Halloween. Yes. So we're probably already into Thanksgiving territory. Right. I mean, as we've said, it's Halloween 24 seven on 365. Yes. We realized that while Halloween has already passed by the time you're probably listening to this, we really wanted to talk about our Halloween excursion that we did yesterday. Very special adventure that we went on. Yes. Where we went up to Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. I'm sorry. I just like whispered weirdly over that. So if you couldn't understand what Grant said, it was Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. So for those of you that might not know what Sleepy Hollow is, it is the town in, I keep wanting to, I keep thinking of it as upstate New York, even though it's Hudson Valley, it's Hudson Valley, which for those of you that are geographically challenged is about half an hour to 45 minutes North of Manhattan. So Sleepy Hollow is a town that where I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's where Washington Irving lived or at least adjacent, but he based the town he based the, based the town in his story, I believe it's just called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Which tells the story of Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. Of course. Um, and we had the pleasure of, of driving up there yesterday um, on probably the best day of the year mm-hmm. to be there the, the weekend before Halloween. And things were just as spooky as we had hoped and imagined. Yes. Um, Sammy, would you like to give a highlight of the trip? Yeah. So we went to the old Dutch church, which Mm -hmm. was a historical church overlooking one of the oldest graveyards in America. Um, and I got a cupcake that looked (laughs) like, (laughs) it looked like a grave, um, little bones on it. And it was actually really good chocolate cupcake. Um, and then we got to walk around and look at some different graves. We found the civil war monument and the revolutionary war monument, we were unable to locate the Washington Irving mo- monument, but we were unable to locate most things. Yes. But we, it was really fun and it was a beautiful fall day and it was just great spending time with you two. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I can't really think of another time I've actively hung out in a graveyard. Same. Um, just also to give some, to give some context, what was kind of bizarre 
about uh-huh. the event. No disrespect to the town of Sleepy Hollow. No, you guys were, never. Honestly, disrespect. Because ni- honestly, I, the nicest people. Someone just out of the blue was like, we love your outfit and you look fantastic today. And I was like, oh, why do I live in New York City? Why do I not live in this haunted town where exactly. everyone is much kinder? But what you were saying was... What oh. was a little strange. What was a little strange is that, so there was, there were like tents that were selling cider and the, the spooky cupcake that Sammy mentioned and I think there were hot dogs and that stuff, but it was right in the middle of the graves. Like literally people were standing on ancient burial ground, the resting place of the residents of Sleepy Hollow and yeah. people, people seemed very unbothered by it. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, li- I guess if you live in Sleepy Hollow, that's like kind of just comes with the territory, but, um, yeah, just using like someone's place of rest as a bench was a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, to like enjoy, be like, Oh, let me enjoy this hot dog while like standing on this unmarked grave. Yes. Or like the grave mm. of, ju- it just would say like mother. Oh yeah. Beloved there were a lot of, mother. there were a lot of mothers. Like it's child who died at age two. I know those are so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get kind of weirded out, not weirded out, but it, the, the ones that the names have rubbed off over time always mm-hmm. make me a little sad. Yeah. Um, I would like to give a special shout out to the family who oh, hell yeah. <laughs> came to this graveyard with a purpose on oh, that day, gosh. dressed t- to the nines as the Adams family full on Adams family fantasy photo shoot. They, yes, they came, their children were probably aged six and eight and they, if that, if that, and the parents completely dressed up, children completely dressed up and they were just doing their thing, taking a a photo shoot in a, in a graveyard with their kids. Mother was Morticia. Father was Gomez. They were sitting on graves, I they, will say. They were, they were literally sitting on graves. <laughs> but maybe it seemed more appropriate since they were dressed as Adam's family. Yeah. And I'd also like to take a quick moment to circle back and clarify that I was not sitting on a grave when I ate my cupcake. I was standing. That, that is true. <laughs> okay. No, it was, it was more the fact that Very as true. you're milling about I, this event, you're like, oh, cool. And you're standing and then you look down and you're like, oh, this is someone's f- final resting no, place. No, totally. Yeah. Since your listeners don't know me, I don't know yeah. oh, kind yeah. of an asshole. So. Well, yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> although I, what I will say is that if I were an ancient spirit, just kidding, I am an ancient spirit, but uh, <laughs> And I were just like chilling. It actually might be kind of like nice if your final resting place was somewhere where people would come and enjoy cupcakes I know, and hot dogs. Yeah, I and... mean, they come, yeah, and they celebrate something. Mm-hmm. Your life, not exactly your life. They probably don't know who you are, but celebrate, yeah. you know, Halloween. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hot dogs. Yeah. I would be like, come sit on me. Like, I'm lonely. Yeah. The, bu- the buzzword <laughs> of this week is hot dog. Yes. <laughs> Drink every time you hear the word hot dog because we really have been talking a lot about hot dogs. Um, but all in all, I, I, we, I think we had a wonderful time. It was we just did. a really cute autumnal town with, um, a bit of a creepy history that I was a little bit forced upon this, this town, I guess, because I don't know that anything actually occurred there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that Washington Irving just wrote a story that took place there. And so people, it's not like Salem where right. actual shit exactly. went down. Yeah. I will also say... Can I talk about something besides Graveyard? Mm, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I also say that I just really, it, it was really cool just to walk around a town that was so seeped in its Halloweenness and its fallness. It was, it was like yes. a perfect, it was like the first like nice fall day mm-hmm. ever this, this year. <laughs> and 
it was just cool to see like all the spooky decorations. I know last week we just kind of talked about tasteless spooky decorations. Yes, we did. Because we're the decoration police. <laughs> um, but a lot of really cool houses and it just felt very colonial and fall. And I mean, we weren't able to go to the, what actually looked like a haunted house. Right. Yeah. There were a lot of events going on on this day that it, had we gotten our shit together, we could have attended, but instead we just walked around and looked at graves and didn't find any of the notable graves we were supposed to find. Still had a great time. Yeah. We actually at my Cape house on Cape Cod, we found a grave in our backyard. Oh my God. Wow. Like a long time ago. Yeah. It was a, it was like a, it was like a child's grave. It was really oh, sad. No. Gravestone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, uh, yeah, we, this we, should we, be a different story if Grant had found a body. Yeah. We literally were just <laughs> like, <maybe> <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, it was, there was a, I'm pretty sure there was a headstone and it was for like an, a child that had died. It seems like in childbirth and oh, they put wow. a little headstone, but it was just like on our property. Mm-hmm. So that was, and that's where the podcast began. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We do have a scary story to tell here today, and that's why you're all here. We're yes. done rambling. You can come back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, come back to us. Uh, so it's my turn to tell a story. I'm really, really excited about this one. Before I start, I would like to say though that I found a lot of this information, all of this information. Um, on the lineup.com and the Denver public library with articles written by Oren Gray and Katie Rudolph. So shout out to them. I'm not trying to plagiarize their hard work. Hey girls. Hey, do you think Oren is, I just call everyone. Okay. Yeah. 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 That works. Okay. You can call me a girl. Great. Um, so, but a slight preface is that I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme because I know it kind of is similar with the story you told last week of the Perrin family uh-huh. is that a lot of the best ghost stories have been adapted into films. Okay. That's so fine. This is not a f- movie recap podcast. It just so happens that <laughs> some of the best spooky stories have been turned into movies, but they probably differ. They do. And I think that's amount. important. That's okay. important to know. So we're not here to, to tell you about cool, scary movies, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I would be all day, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but th- this is not that. Wow. The lead up is really, my heart is racing. Okay. So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited. I didn't know this story. And I haven't seen this movie. So I think that's also why. Okay. All right. So this is the story of the changeling. What the fuck is that? You're going to find out. Is that, what's the movie called? The changeling. The changeling. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, the, mean, like, the movie's called The Changeling, but you'll, so. Okay. I'm like pretty, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a changeling is a person that replaces someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, and this is, wait, this is also not the movie Changeling starring Angelina Jolie directed by Clint Eastwood. It's not that movie. Okay. I, I, there are two movies called The Changeling. Okay. This is not that. And when did the one that you're talking about come out? Do you it know? came out in 1980. Okay. It was definitely an 80s horror film. Okay. Oh, 1980. Okay. Perfect. So this is the true story of that inspired. Uh, okay. The film. I feel like it's going to be really freaky and I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to 1968 in Denver, Colorado, where a man named Russell Hunter, he was, I believe a composer. Yep. He was a composer and he moved from New York to Denver, Colorado into a building or house called the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion near Cheeseman Park. 
Cheeseman Park. Cheeseman Park. Man of Cheese. C-H-E-E-S-M-A-N. Cheeseman. Cheeseman. Okay. And into the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion. Um, apparently, he was able to rent the estate for, in quotes, the unbelievable price of $200 per month because no one else wanted to live there. God damn it. Why do I pay so much for rent when I could live in a mansion in Denver? Uh, yeah, a haunted mansion. Literally, someone could be like, please give us your life savings to live in this haunted house. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> So he moved in in 1968, and in February of 1969, he began experiencing some strange phenomena in the house. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Other, it, it's like, nope, nothing happened. It was a great house, and he, he lived happily ever after. No. Also, okay. Uh, Grant, I'm, Grant is, like, gleeful right I'm gleeful, now. I'm sweating, and I'm crying. Okay. Um, so the paranormal activity that began was an unbelievable banging and crashing every morning at 6 a.m. What an annoying alarm clock. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the banging and crashing would stop every time Hunter would get out of bed. Specifically, it said whenever his feet touched the floor, mm. the noises would, would stop. Uh, besides that, I also, there's something about paranormal activity recurring every day at a certain time yes. that really freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It's a trope that's used in a lot of scary movies, but it's something about that, like rolling over and seeing that. Cause I, I, I feel like I'm a restless sleeper and I always will wake up at the same time, but there's something about the idea of like, right. And you know, you don't want to get into a ghost routine. That's no. just, you know, it gets, I mean, boring. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so besides the, the banging and crashing every morning at 6am, uh, doors and doors would open and close by themselves. Faucets would turn off and on by themselves. And apparently the walls vibrated so violently that they would knock paintings to the floor. Good. Mm-hmm. The good sign. <laughs> so Hunter, after living there for a little while, Hunter was like, okay, let, let's, let's see what's, let's see what's been going on. Mm-hmm. So he began searching around the house and he claimed to have found a hidden staircase in the back of an upstairs closet. That's my dream. Mm -hmm. I I feel like at at that point, okay. So if you're in your house and you find a secret passageway, do you investigate it or do phone a friend? Yes. Okay. It's probably a male and I make them go with me and they have to go ahead of me. So that if it's you, if yeah, so, (laughs) so that they die first, right? Yep. Perfect. Um, do to do, do. So finds the secret staircase, which leads through a narrow passageway to a secret room in the house. In the secret room, he finds a number of belongings, including a, I believe it's a trunk that had a bunch of toys and a journal belonging to a young boy who had lived in the house a century ago. So he finds this journal and he decided he wanted to figure out more about who this child was and basically what was going on in this house. So naturally he conducts a seance. Yes. Our favorite. Get that Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what apparently was learned from the seance. Before you do that, can I ask one question? Please. I'm sorry. I feel like I interrupted so much last episode. I'm trying to be better. Um, how old do we think the child is if he like has a lot of toys, but he also can like read and write in a journal? Great question. Uh, what I don't know. What age do you learn to read and write? I yeah. mean, I guess it depends. Yeah. 
I mean, also, if this is a century, so this is in the 60s, and we're talking a century ago, we're talking about the late 1800s, there probably wasn't a whole lot to do besides write in a journal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So true. So, <laughs> and, and you'll also kind of see why in a second. So this is basically, this is what was discovered from the seance, allegedly, was that the ghost living in this house was this child. And he had been very sick, and he was the sole heir to the family's fortune. And when he eventually passed away, his parents were so worried that if word got out that their child had died, someone else would try to come and swoop in and steal the fortune. So they buried their son in an unmarked grave at a, at a separate location. At, gr- at Grant's Cape House. No, no. <laughs> It's all coming together. They went from Denver to Cape Cod. Um, No, so we'll get to that. But it was a quick trip. A little just around the river bend. So they they buried him in an unmarked grave at a separate at a field in the southeast of Denver. I've never been to Denver. I don't know how many fields there are, but apparently that's where they did. It's pretty outdoorsy. Yeah, I feel like there's probably a lot numerous fields. Uh, And. So the son was buried there, and then the parents of the child went to a local orphanage and adopted a boy who resembled their son. No, so no, he could don't do that. Mm-hmm, so he could pass off as him and continue the lineage and the inheritance oh my of gosh. yeah. That's just like the Paul McCartney but conspiracy. Wait, 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 wait. Let's wait, wait. Can you can you can you elaborate on that? I actually yeah. There's a doc, like a Netflix documentary, or not a documentary, oh. but a conspiracy theory film about how um people believe that paul mccartney actually died very shortly after the beatles came together and they didn't want to create like a national crisis so they Mm -hmm. found a man who looked just like paul mccartney and they made him they like faked that man's death and made him assume the identity of the real paul mccartney and he is the one that everyone recognizes and he still to this day is known as paul mccartney I don't think it's true. I don't think so either. <laughs> but it just made me think of that. Wait, that actually, I remember, actually, I think there's a Beatles song, or there's some yeah. room yes, of a Beatles Paul song. If, if, you, if you play it backwards, mm-hmm. it goes like, Paul quotes, is this dead. This <gasps> quotes like every single Beatles song and oh, explains how all the lines are actually them. The other three Beatles like telling their fans that they need help and that the real Paul oh. is like an imposter and then they oh. can't. <laughs> oh, I love that. Wow, so we crack so many cases on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, so that's basically where the story of the changeling that the, the, the name comes from the, the idea that this ghost child is through the seances communicating that they have been replaced in their death. were replaced by someone else. And Parents. Child. If your child dies. Yeah. Do not replace them with, a similar looking child. No, I mean, please. You can get another child, but just give them their own. What, what do you mean, get a child? Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think if you go through a trauma and lose your child, it's understandable that you'd want to have another child, whether you adopt them or give birth to them, which are two different ways of getting a child. Yes. But I don't think, I am agreeing that I don't think you should replace your child with a person that you pretend to be the original right. child. Or a doll that looks like your child, what? I would say, is also a bad idea. Who does Who, that? that? I'm just saying. Just in general. Oh. Yeah. The Small other digression. kind of big thing that was d- discussed during the seance was that the boy's favorite toy was a red rubber ball. That's And boring. later that night in... It's the 1800s. After- <laughs> <laughs> they don't have anything to do. It's the 1800s. 
apparently later that night after the seance, Hunter was in the living room and a red rubber ball came bouncing down the stairs. Sure it did. Yeah. And apparently that's the most iconic scene from this 1980 film, The Changeling. Is I feel like I've seen that is scene. The, the rubber ball coming down the stairs. I watch this movie Me now. too. Yeah. Yeah. You can stop listening to this episode and just go rent yep. the movie, except don't, because we... Bye. Bye. Thank Thanks you. So Thank you good. so much. <laughs> Signing off. Uh, nope. So, so according to Hunter, the, the ghost of the sickly boy directed him to basically where to find his unmarked grave. It was not in the backyard of my cave house, but it was <laughs> located beneath the house on South Dahlia Street in Denver. The Black Dahlia. <laughs> and apparently the spirit traveled with Hunter and was able to scare the family currently living in the house to allow Hunter to dig and find the bones of the, or the remains of the boy, which apparently he did find this body under the house. So, and apparently on the remains that were unearthed underneath the house was around the neck was a gold medallion inscribed with the dead child's name. What what was the name? We don't know. So, so okay. Without giving too much away at the end of the story, there are a lot of plot holes in this, but we'll get to that. That's okay. I love plot holes. And I also choose to not acknowledge them. Well, I'm going to talk about them, but right. in, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I think this story's true. Great. Because I love it. Uh, so Hunter was hoping that after the seance and after finding this boy's body that the that he would be able to rest in peace. But in fact, the hauntings actually only grew worse, including where a the wall behind Hunter's bed crumbled on top of him. Mm-hmm. As one wall does and also a set of glass doors exploded in hunter's face severing an artery in his wrist oh Oh my god he lived he lived he's he lived to tell the tale so eventually he fled the house and called a priest to conduct an exorcism which apparently seemed to work that's very interesting though that the child seemed to tell him like exactly what he needed to do and he did that and then things got worse the child got mad at him yeah, yeah. I think hopefully they kind of that forged a bond between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sorry, I actually wasn't listening to what you just said. <laughs> I was checking my notes. Uh, but we'll move on. Okay, great. Um, <gasps> Listeners, you you heard me. <laughs> Here's where we get to some of the plot holes in Hunter's story. The first being that there are actually no concrete records city records detailing if hunter actually even lived at the henry treat williams mansion Mm. so that's but i guess i also don't know he he definitely did live in denver because there are records of him working at his parents hotel which was called the three birches lodge in boulder Okay. I don't really know how thorough city records are and what that even really means, but they're right. Um, if, if there are any city recorders out there, <laughs> oh, you can email us. Oh, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we have an email address now. I'm just gonna say it. Okay. It's rwfpodcast.gmail.com. Nice. If you know the proprietor of resting witchface at gmail.com, please give us their contact information. We would like yeah, to speak we to just, them. We would just like to talk. We'd just like to talk. Um, back to the story. Back to the story. So, yeah, so there are no records that he did did or did not live there. Mm-hmm. Unclear. 
But the real kind of gap in Hunter's story is, as we mentioned, when he was living in the house in the 60s, he said he found the journal that about the boy that lived there a century prior. But the Henry Treat... Is it called Henry Treat Williams? Isn't Treat Williams an actor? Isn't he the dad on Everwood? What? I'll check that out. Okay. Uh, keep that in. Uh, <laughs> the Henry Treat Williams mansion wasn't actually built until 19... Oh, nope. 1892. Wait, so when did he say he lived there? He lived there in 1969 and claimed that the boy had lived there a century prior, but the house oh. wasn't built until 1892. So, I mean, it still could... That's still roughly like 80 years prior, but, but was there another building there before that that he could oh, have lived in on the same oh. land? I don't know. I cracked and it. That would be why I have to yell that at you. City records <gasps> of him in the Henry William Treat Center <laughs> mansion. Then the Henry Henry Treat Williams Mansion in Cheeseman Park. So <laughs> yes. Uh. The, <laughs> and also, the, the city records do have detailed accounts of the uh, the. Roger's family that did live in that mansion. Mm-hmm. And it was Henry Treat Rogers and his wife, Kate, and they did actually not have any children, but they did have a niece and a nephew that did live with them for some time. There are records of the niece, Francis Clark Ristine and the nephew, Henry Treat Rogers, the second, which I have some questions that why would your nephew be the junior of I feel like this family, there's some shady there's, shit there's going some shady down shit going in on. the family lineage. Because also, here's the thing. If the if the family did cover up the death of the child... Yeah, maybe they're, maybe those kids are their real kids. And they were like, no, they're our niece and nephew because they just wanted to leave it to their one mm-hmm. real kid. I think... Yeah, so basically this is the information that people try to claim. Like, oh, this isn't true because of this conflicting reports. But there's, there's something that they're not telling yeah. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will get to the bottom of it. Except we will not be researching this any further. We will after certainly this not. I will be watching this movie and then I will probably never think of it again. Except not. Cause actually I re- I just, I, I think there's something. So a, the concept of finding a secret room in your house is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then the idea of someone of you dying and someone replacing you. That is the worst. <gasps> so to kind of speak very briefly about the actual, the, the other changeling movie, which is also a true story, which is, I don't have the facts in front of me. But it was a story of a woman whose son went missing. I think this was in the early 1900s, the mid 1920s. And her son went missing and ended up being a victim of the chicken coop murders in California. Oh. And they, because the police, this was back when women were, if they tried to cause any sort of uproar, were considered hysterical. Mm-hmm. Of so course. the police really wanted to kind of get this woman to shut up. So Mm -hmm. they found a boy that looked like her son and who claimed to be her son. And they were like, Oh, here he is. Even though he was like a couple inches shorter, there was a bunch. And And she was like, Oh, okay. How old was the son? Um, eight or nine. He was young, but so, so the, they found the boy and the boy was like, Oh, I'm your son. And she was like, that's not my son. Yeah. And they end up like locking her in a mental institution. And Oh my God. But basically they end up finding out that the boy was a runaway from Illinois and he, Damn, yeah. <laughs> and he came to California and he saw a way of being adopted by a family. So he was like, yeah, sure. I'm this missing kid. Um, and then yeah, oh when the God. chicken coop murders case, I forget who the actual guy was, but when they, that case was solved, there were, there was evidence that this woman's son had been a victim, but she still, I think until her death believed that her son was still out there. It's a very sad story, oh, but also, so sad. But, a, but you could also argue that 
with these kind of cases or these pop culture situations where there were stories of people being replaced. Right. Maybe this guy Hunter got an idea just to create a kind of spooky situation. But I, right. I think there, I think there's something. It, it, it would, it would be a lot of effort to go to kind of publicly deal with this. Right. I don't Although, know why you'd want to put this story out if yeah. it, nothing happened to you. But well, for attention. Is there any evidence of the bones that he supposedly found? No, but apparently the family that built the the mansion, so the Rogers family that built the mm-hmm. mansion, the Henry Treat Rogers, Williams Rogers, whatever it's yep. called, mansion also owned farmland where Hunter claimed to have found the body. Interesting. No. So again, there, there, I think there are potholes on both sides, but right. I choose to believe that. I think that something shady went down and... So back to the story. So there, while there have been no other direct stories related to the mansion, I believe the mansion has since been torn down, which mm-hmm. sucks. Like, damn d- it, dear, dear everyone, if there's a haunted building, don't tear it down. Leave it up. Like we want to I wa- go there. I want to go there. I, Unless I, a family is really suffering and they like can't deal with the presence of no, it grow up, Barbara. <laughs> Keep your fucking house. No, I've always wanted to go to both Denver and Boulder, and I would love to go to this fucking Cheeseman haunted park. But so apparently, don't tell your so yeah, don't tell your haunted houses down until at least we have been there. <laughs> but to kind of finish a story, I think like this has been really long. To finish a story, there have been other reports of supernatural instances happening around Cheeseman Park up to this very day, including uh, cold spots. sensations of dread (laughs) and ghostly orbs appearing in photographs, but none have been, uh, but none have been connected to Hunter's specific story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but what I will say is that as recently as 2010 workers who were digging trenches around the park for its irrigation system, apparently unearthed four skeletons. Oh shit. So, but again, these are instances that have not been necessarily connected to Hunter's account. Mm-hmm. Um, but creepy nonetheless. Yeah, very, very spooky. A, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. <laughs> I, again, I haven't seen the movie The Changeling. I'm pretty sure this guy, Hunter, was either the writer of the movie or. He was definitely involved with the film, mm-hmm. so I don't. I think there was probably that the film came out and people were like, "Oh, like what's the story?" And he was mm-hmm. like, "Well, let me tell you." Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, regardless if that story is like completely true or not, it does point to an incredibly disturbing phenomenon of apparently people replacing people with other people, mm-hmm. which and happens then, <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah, a little too much. I prefer a little less of that. Yeah. Yes. So that is the story of the changeling. That was wonderful and horrible. Thank you. There, there was some other kind of details. If, if you want to research more, there is, there are a lot of really good articles out there about this. There were some other stories about like, th- th- there are more details out there, but I chose not to include them because they were a little bit far-fetched. I found, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, so it's the Henry Treat Rogers mansion. I don't know. Treat Williams is definitely an actor. I'm going to confirm this right now on my IMDb app. I don't Please, know, I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know if I... Any, I mean, I, I feel like I would remember a man named Treat. Yes. 
Uh, Rita and Weep, bitch. Treat Williams is an actor who is in the TV show Everwood. Wow. Like T-R-E-A-T. T-R-E-A-T, like Trick or Treat Williams. My friend's grandfather's name is Phantom. That's his real name. P-H-A-N-T-O-M. Wow. (laughs) That's better. Um, That was wonderful. Thank you. Do we want to move on to our final segment, which is, we have been calling Complaint Corner, but want to clarify (laughs) that it is... Our bitch sesh. It's just a bitch sesh. And it's and it's, what, it's what spade puts spade. the bitch in resting witch face, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I, Sammy, do you want to go first as our guest of honor? Um, I can. Good, you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that my main complaint at this time is that I have to leave New York today. Um, so I've been visiting, I used to live here and I'm visiting for the weekend and we've just had the most wonderful weekend. We went up to Sleepy Hollow. I almost called it Spooky Hollow, which it (laughs) is. It was pretty spooky. (laughs) It was a pretty spooky, sleepy hollow. Um, and just visiting some of our favorite spots in Brooklyn and it's just been a great weekend. So, um, I guess this is not really a complaint. I'm just talking about how great my day is, <laughs> but I don't want to go back and it's raining right now. So going outside to get on the train is going to kind of suck. So that's today's complaint for me. Um, I'll send it to you. Don't worry. We have plenty of bitchier things to talk about probably, but that's lovely. We're going to miss you too. <laughs> like you can just cut that whole thing out if you want. No, never. Um, do you want to go? No, I just talked for a while. You go. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about a, a, a really, a, a bitch, a bitch session, a complaint that's really near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always said that I have three major pet peeves or just three things that I really hate. Oh, what are they? Um, women's deodorant because mm, it, I do too. it's horrible. Just what do you mean? It smells, it just smells so bad. It doesn't oh. work as well as men's. Like, just give me and Old it's Spice. More expensive. Yeah. Really? Just give me Old Spice every day. Like, that's what I wear. Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's number one. Okay. Number two is slow walkers, uh, which, like, needs no explanation. Nope. If you don't have somewhere to be, who are you? Stay off the fucking sidewalk. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Stay but, home. <laughs> but the third and, and most important thing that, just really bothers me on a daily basis is transition lenses. Oh, I, and I, I don't know if I can describe like just the rage that they fill me with, but if you've ever just really looked at and thought about transitions lenses, I haven't, which if you don't know what they are, um, you don't know they are. I do. I'm saying I haven't like thought about them. I'm saying for our listeners, if you don't know what they are, um, I think the people know. Okay, they're the glasses that turn into sunglasses when you go outside. Great for your eyes, probably. Not great for your fucking look. Because <laughs> let me just say this. What what shape of regular glasses is also a good shape for sunglasses? I would say 1% of glasses okay. are a good shape for both of, of those situations. And what you could do instead is just put on damn fucking sunglasses when you go outside. Because what really happens is people wear normal size glasses, they and then they walk near a window. You're, they're not even outside. It's like there's kind of some sunlight on their face, and all of a sudden they're wearing tiny Beatles sunglasses. So <laughs> you're really Beatles. <laughs> yeah. So you're so you're complaining about seeing people wearing yeah. Trans, okay, so not Just you ha- wearing yeah. transition mm-hmm. lens. I, w- I would never wear transitions lenses. Can I ask a f- 
a follow-up question as someone with a truly horrible vision. What this feels a little discriminatory. Wear contacts. But sometimes some people are allergic to contacts, and also contacts can I don't know uh, bother your eyes. So I'm just. Oh, I guess my question is: if you have to wear glasses, uh-huh. um, and then you go outside, are you saying that, that per- you require that person to take off their glasses and put on prescription sunglasses? To make your day better. That's my question. Yes. <laughs> or okay. just like, cool. or just like, I don't know, don't wear sunglasses. It's like, if, it's fine if it's a super sunny day, but transitions lenses activate when it's like, it's, it's like a cloudy that. evening. Or like, a like you turn the lights on. Yes. Yeah, so you turn the lights on and this person looks like they're wearing a Paul McCartney Halloween costume. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's bitchy. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Hashtag Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, this this episode is brought to you by the ghost of Paul, Paul McCartney, McCartney trust fall and his ghost McCartney, Fall McCartney. Oh, or oh. fall like because it's fall. Oh, Fall McCartney. Wow, that's nice. Nice. Uh, my complaint, or the thing I kind of want to bitch about, besides listening to myself in the past episodes and <laughs> hearing all of the g- really gross ums and likes and mouth noises yeah, I make. I mean, I'm sorry. All right. So my complaint is kind of actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that you think that I, no, you think that you interrupt me a lot. Cause mm-hmm. actually when I was listening to our prior episodes, which I first of all didn't think I would like doing, I don't think anyone really likes the sound of their voice, but I was like horrified to listen to it. But now I'm actually kind of right. And then it. I realized I was a huge narcissist and yes. I just wanted to listen to myself all day. Uh, <laughs> But actually, when I was listening, I was like, oh, shit, like, I interrupt Bailey a lot. And so, which I wanted to address because I really hate mansplainers. Mm. And I wanted to address it because I wanted to basically say that when I interrupt you, or if I do interrupt you, it's not because I'm trying to be, I don't think anyone's hopefully is trying to be misogynistic. I mean, some people probably are, but it's not a place of misogyny. It's more that I just really like talking. Oh, same. (laughs) I have a comment for anything and everything that you say, whether it's funny or relevant or not. I mean, I'm pretty sure this podcast is based out of like, no one asked for our opinion. No one. We're just going to give it to you. Absolutely. No one asked for us to do this, but here we are. Can I tell a story about a mansplainer? Please. Um, so I work at a, my office is very small and one day recently our printer broke so we contacted the printer people and they sent someone to come in and, you know, fix it. And he was the biggest mansplainer that I've ever encountered to this day. And he came in and he kind of like looked at it and played with a couple things. And then, uh, he said to me and my two coworkers, he said, look, you girls, uh, what you guys need to understand is that a printer is kind of like a NASCAR and then he goes, well, what? you guys probably wouldn't understand because you're a woman, but a NASCAR is a very finely tuned car. And after you use it a lot, it just doesn't work as well as it used to work. And then he said something else and he was like, well, yeah, again, you know, you guys just, or you girls, you just wouldn't understand. Um, oh my God. And then the, one, there were many aspects wrong with the printer. There was like, I mean, it just basically wasn't working. But then one of the the issues was that it was making a really horrible noise. And then another day, a different guy came in to make further adjustments to the printer. And he also called us girls. He said, you girls uh, will just need to put on, you know, some music or some headphones when the, the sound is happening. Because, you know, that's just how people deal with it. So 
I hated. I hate that Ugh. printing company. It's just a company of mansplainers. Um, it's just, it's so... That is horrific. I mean, <laughs> we could do a whole separate podcast of all the things that men do that are annoying, but there's something specifically about the fact, and I say this as a male, that the idea of thinking that you know more than someone else just because that someone else is the opposite gender is ludicrous and it's an, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And the only upside are the best Twitter interactions where a woman posts something and an article and then the man respond a man responds being like, well, if you look at the article, that's actually not what the author's saying. It's this and this and this. And then the woman responds to that person by saying, I wrote the article <laughs> and those those interactions, and I've seen at least you know four or five, are the funniest. Because there's nothing, there's nothing better than seeing a person. I think just a person just in a, power in general, or a just a Twitter huge burn. dickhead yeah. being put in their place, and especially if it's a man who's just trying to be an asshole and mm-hmm. is just trying, to, especially to be like, well, actually, and not just be like, <laughs> nope, I literally wrote the book on it, and I think <laughs> yeah, that that's. that's so funny. Thanks for explaining to me me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Thank you um, so much. Yeah. So that that's that's more my complaint. Just shout out to all you gals. Shout who out are, to mansplainers. No. 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 Sh- no. Ew. No. Shout out to all the gals who are fighting the good fight against the mansplainers. And know that you, and that I'm saying this to you, Sammy. That you, I'm sure you know more about. Actually, probably not about printers. I guess I don't know what you. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing I do know for certain is that a printer is not like a NASCAR. No. (laughs) Anyway, we'd like to thank our sponsor, NASCAR. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Uh Uh, Is it? That's our show, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, So thank you guys for listening. Um, Please. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe yeah. to this podcast. And we're, we're actually very happy with all of... We've been getting a lot of really nice feedback from our friends and from other people that have been listening to th- this podcast. And we obviously really want to keep it going. So please, again, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep keep on keeping on. And, yeah. And again, if you want to email us... <gasps> yeah, please do. You can email us at rwfpodcast at gmail.com. I have no idea what you would want to say. Or what reason you would want to email us, except to if someone, yes, if you'd like to mansplain, or if someone is trying to replace you with someone <gasps> who looks like you, please email please. us. Well, yeah, email us, but also talk to an adult. Talk to an adult. But pre- preferably not the adult that's trying to replace so, you. Very good point. Um, and yeah, thanks, Sammy, for being with us. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Uh, I will be emailing you a lot now that yes. I have your email address. Um, and yeah, great. <laughs> Bye. You took right. the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she was done. <laughs> um, yeah. And goodbye. <laughs>